again, everybody. Welcome to Trading Perspectives. As always, I'm your host, John Norris. We have our co-host, Sam Clement. Sam, say hi. Hey. And today we have a special guest. We do. First guest. Yes, our first guest. And it's going to be an expert on something that's near and dear to a lot of people, at least an interesting topic we thought. It's the CEO and founder of Summer Classics, located here in Birmingham. And it's a it, it really, I'll let Bue tell a little bit about his company, but Bue White is here, and they are a premier manufacturer and designer of outdoor furniture, and, and increasingly indoor furniture, and really they are located across the United States with 13 retail locations. I have some furniture from Summer Classics. I'm sure Bue wishes maybe I had some more. Uh, we'll just see. We'll have to get the podcast out to uh, even many more thousands, but Bue, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. And would you mind giving a little bit of a commercial about your company? Okay, well, um, this is the part that they might be most interested in, is the fact that we're the largest importer in the state of Alabama. I'm not sure Are you serious? You knew that. Yeah. Really? You're the largest importer in the state of Alabama. Is that good? <laughs> sounds pretty impressive to me. That's pretty impressive. And so... Um, the topic is China, right? Well, that's certainly or right. Asia. And, you know, I want to, and, and I've known you a few years, and we like to have breakfast a few times a year, and we'll end up talking about China uh, a lot, uh, most times, really. And and you, you do a lot of your business in the Laodong Peninsula up in Dalian. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, yes, some. Most of it's Guangdong province oh, really? in South China. Yeah. Okay. All of our lighting comes from there, and two of our, we're captive factories, so we have two captive factories, one in Shanda and one in Hishan. You know where that is, I'm sure. I actually have no clue. That <laughs> sounds impressive. It could be somebody listening. You could be uh, making up geography. those towns. <laughs> <laughs> making up those towns, I'd have absolutely no way of, of knowing it. But I'd love to know how you st- how you got started in China, the kind of some of the steps, and just how you work with your vendors over there. Obviously, you do a lot of manufacturing over there, but you manufacture still in the United States. I believe all the pillows are still yes, manufactured here. But in terms of a lot of your metal furniture and the like, some of your specialty products certainly manufactured in China. How 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 does one get established doing business in China? You know, it's interesting. I just gave a speech on China at 11.30 today, <laughs> and nobody asked me that. And I, that's the most common question is, how the heck do you set a plant up? And we've set three up there. First, you find a partner. Yeah. So you want a story? Because I've got a story that how I found a partner, and this is about— Well, well this is a PG podcast. Yeah, this is funny. <laughs> no, uh, Wa'ani in this. Wa'ani means lo- I love you in Chinese. Again, no, this is a PG about. podcast. <laughs> so I got a call. This this goes to answering your phone. I just if the phone's ringing, I'm in my office. I answer it. Yeah. So this guy said, "I'm David from China. You interested in buying?" Cast aluminum from China? I said, yeah, I might be. So he made an appointment with me, and I met with him three weeks later. Yeah. In China or here in the United States? Here in the United States. So he came to the United States. Well, a a little bit longer story. I moved the appointment back a week. I made it for two weeks, and I moved it back another 10 days. So it was over three and a half weeks. He comes in. We meet at 830. It's lunchtime. There's somebody in the car. He says, 
I got to get Susie out of the car. I was like, there's somebody in the car for four hours? Again, this is a PG vibe. <laughs> so Susie comes out of the car, and I'm like, okay, what is this? How did you happen to get my name? He says, well, I went through the Casual Living magazine. That's our trade magazine yeah, yeah. directory, and I called everybody in there. Yeah. And I said, well, how did that go for you? He said, well, you were the only one that would meet with me. <laughs> and you're down at S, right? <laughs> and so I said, well, where'd you come from? I came from L.A. So I said, this car outside, you've got that Toyota. Mm -hmm. So you got that from the airport? No, I drove. For real? I drove wow. from L.A. to the meeting. So what have you been doing for the last three and a half weeks? I've been waiting for the meeting. Haven't. So this was 2000, and we were real interested in China. We'd been one time, uh -huh. and we were working on cast aluminum in Mexico, yeah. and we had been quoted like $125 for a chair. We ended up going to China, meeting the boss, who was sort of, I would describe him as Don Corleone of China. <laughs> he made munitions for the Chinese government army. And uh, he was Sounds changing like a over. that you want to be friends Jack with. Jack of all trades. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want to be friends with this guy. You don't want to not be friends with this guy. <laughs> so, uh, so we ended up setting up a factory with him. The Chinese government finances for somebody like this that's connected to the government, he can pretty much get as much money as he needs. And I had a big discussion with him where we were negotiating the yeah. first deal. Yeah. And I was like, I saw your plant. And he gives me a price that's like 10% over the raw material cost. And you're going, how in the world? How do you do that? Yeah. yeah. So I said, you got all this equipment and you have this material. Like, do you have to borrow any money? Oh, yes. Yes, I borrow money. So what is the interest rate? Do you pay interest? Uh, a little. I was like, well, it's what? kind of like people that borrow from Oakworth Capital Bank. Just a little bit of it. Exactly. Yeah, you'd love to be a banker. Advertising it. Yeah. Yeah, so I said 3%. He said, no less. I said, 1%. No less. less. Yeah. And so it's kind of pay me back As whenever you can. you can. Yeah. If you don't pay me back, I guess you go prison for life, or I'm not sure how it works, but something I, like that. I have, a feeling, I have like a feeling you're not heard from again. Your loans. <laughs> so, so you got established with this guy. Obviously, it worked out well. You now have three manufacturing facilities you deal with. One of the things I've always been interested in is Chinese business etiquette. Um, and one of the things maybe I've asked you about in the past, if I haven't, I've been remiss in not doing so. I want to find out how the first banquet went. And when the first toast started coming around, had you prepared yourself for the first toast at a Chinese banquet? Do you know what the toast is? Yes. Yeah, it's one word. What is it? Gambe. Gambe? Do you know what that means? Yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to find out in about <laughs> three, to, three to five seconds. <laughs> it means bottoms up. And was it bottoms up? How did you feel no, the next morning? Every person around the I know, table I know, is gombe. I know, I know. So you learn real quick. You don't put a lot of so liquid in your glass. What was the drink of choice there? Oh, that's a rice liquor. Isn't Baju, it? yeah. Baju is rubbing alcohol, for lack of a better word. <laughs> so I shouldn't talk about that. But. It's stuff maybe that you might have been more familiar with back in your days at Auburn as opposed to a successful business person, I'm thinking. 
Were we going to talk about that? <laughs> to keep to it PG. I didn't prepare for that. <laughs> Got to keep it PG. So, so when your vendors, and I've met some of them out at your, out your parties out, out, at the, out at Summer Classics, when your guys come into town from China, how do you treat them? Do you treat them to a Chinese bank or do you treat them to good old-fashioned southern cuisine and what have you? Well, this was part of the speech today. So one yeah. of the things to remember is... We eat to live, they live to eat. I I don't mind telling you I've put on a few pounds over the last 24 months. Oh, I have to, to live to eat. <laughs> Without a doubt. They spend a, an, an unordinary amount on their of their income on food. Yeah. On restaurants. That's kind of how food. I am. Yeah, Sam doesn't yeah. have anything. Okay, okay, so, so you're yeah. single man. They're all yeah. of disposable yeah. income. I was a single man. Okay, that didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> but you told me, I think, one time you found a special chef here in the metropolitan area yes. that can do maybe not an imperial banquet, but something pretty doggone close. Well, our Chinese food is not Chinese food. Well, you mean that they don't eat sesame chicken at a, at a business banquet? Some Kung chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do if they have to. Yeah. But their food is completely different than ours. So you find somebody... They can cook northern Chinese cuisine. Has to be northern, can't be... Well, if you're with the northerners, oh, gotcha. if you're with the southerners, it's... Do you realize that with the southerners, you actually order your food before you go in the restaurant? Why's that? Because there's ducks and lizards and bugs live. Yeah. And possums and raccoons so they have and chickens and pheasants. So it's all fresh. And, yeah, it's yeah, all fr- and every fresh. fish you can think of swimming in a tank. Yeah. And you pick the one you're going to eat. It sounds delicious. It's fresh. It sounds great. I might not like the bugs and the lizards, but, you know, if it's I'm choosing a fresh, you'd love yeah, fresh fish, <laughs> or, that sounds nice. Now, yeah, so it's very fresh. They're, they're good about fresh. Yeah, it's, it sounds fascinating. And I know that you've had great success uh, doing business in China. Uh, obviously, a very strong correlation with the great success you've had with Summer Classics. I've got to ask you, and we've talked about this a little bit, and part of the reason why I wanted to have you come in, just how has the trade war, if you want to call it a war, which I think some people would, how has that impacted your business with your vendors in, in China, with your facilities, and kind of importantly, how has it impacted your inventory? Well, my inventory. Um, and you don't have, you don't have to go through too many no, trade no, secrets. I, I, you know. It's an important part of it because I've tried to bring in. I brought in twenty eight million dollars worth of inventory to get in front of this. So I would say that's much higher than your normal amount of inventory. That's, yeah, that's like a hundred million at retail. So it's a lot of inventory, but not it's not crazy for us. Yeah. But I'm, try, I'm trying to get as much inventory shipped yeah. before November 20th because it has to arrive before the 25% tariff. So I've got like, I don't know if this means anything, 20,000 pieces that will go on the water between now and the end of November. So, so really after, after, after that date is when we're really going to start seeing those effects from the tariffs. Well, we had a 10%, and we increased our price on Chinese frames only so 40 percent of the product is cushions yeah 60 percent is the frames. so it was about two percent were you able to pass that along without much pushback from the consumer 
I will tell you in two months we instituted <laughs> the price increase okay. this week. I got you. And so it but, actually but two, helped two, us. But, but, but 2% on luxury item probably is not going to yeah. Customers not going to do it. Pretty minimal much. amount. Yeah, if you're buying a diamond ring for your girlfriend, you're gonna. If I have a girlfriend, my wife's gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's worth two percent. <laughs> had a hard enough time getting a wife. I'm not, I don't need. I don't need to have a girlfriend. Too. Sam, Sam's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. If I buy a diamond ring for Sam's girlfriend, still got to answer well, my both wife. Have <laughs> so, so what do you what do you think the future? Understanding that you have done business in China now for going on two decades. You understand the Chinese mindset much better than probably the average U.S. politician. Would you say it's safe to say that the Chinese are simply, have now been put in a situation where obviously they don't want to be a trade war with one of their major export partners, if not the major export partner. They clearly don't want to do that, but maybe they feel as though the U.S. has backed them into a situation where they still they have to save face and that the Chinese might not be operating on a quarter-to-quarter or even a two-year election cycle, they're playing for decades and, and you know, and years as opposed to playing for U.S. election cycles. Is that a fair statement? That's what I've always thought. Mm, yes. Do you want me to elaborate? I would love, I love if that. you were to elaborate. So, I definitely think the 25%, unless something dramatic happens in Brazil, is going to go into place. And I don't see any short-term solution. Here's the other side of that. There's a billion, four hundred million people in China. Yeah. There's no population like that in any of the other countries that I would use near there. For example, Vietnam, Cambodia. Cambodia doesn't have the infrastructure anyway. Indonesia, the countries that I would typically move to, the volume I need would be very difficult to move. Yeah. So we're moving as much as we can. And I realize that Xi Jinping wants uh, products that are not similar to this to be made in China, Mm -hmm. but there's really not a lot of places you can go if you need a lot of product. So I don't think there's going to be a big movement. There's going to be a big pushback on the suppliers to lower their prices to subsidize it. Also, the RMB exchange rate makes a difference so if that continues to go down like it has mm-hmm. it's on it's almost eight right now or seven anyway um that's making it that makes a difference yeah so so do you think that do you think xi is now in a situation where he can't cave into the administration's negotiation tactics have you asked him i don't know <laughs> you mentioned i can tell you what xi Jinping is thinking i would be a genius I'd you mentioned brazil I, Sorry to interrupt. How would that really play on um, all these Chinese tariffs? Something's got to give. At that, I think the I think something will happen between now and December thirty first. It may not be optimum for both parties. Yeah. But you'll see some discussion. It may not be a drop in the tariffs. Well, I've, I've I have thought that both obviously the, the president is a real estate developer by by history and wants to negotiate and gee I mean he's playing a different game than the, than the president has I have maintained I have fought that every tweet that goes out every threat at some point the, the State Department in Washington is calling up Beijing going okay let's let, let's be calm about this let's be cool and there's probably more talk going on behind the scenes than what the average 
person might know. I mean, do your vendors in China, do they have any inside scoop on that? Uh, no, they don't like what's going on, for yeah. sure. They, they're very upset about it. But yeah. they, you don't really talk that in China about things like this. Yeah. You don't talk about anything. <laughs> I can't tell you why, but you just don't. You can talk to them, and you get no response. Well, I, I guess when it's, you talk about politics, they don't want to be put in a situation where anything that they might say would be deemed critical. I guess of Beijing, yes, because that would end up very poorly for them. <laughs> yeah. So, do you think maybe some other emerging? You mentioned uh, Cambodia, you mentioned Vietnam, you mentioned Brazil, because of all this and potential threat for even more going forward. Do you think some of these other major, I mean, emerging? economies will benefit. Indonesia will, for sure. Vietnam is going to, but the last time this happened, it happened in the indoor furniture when the taxes went on the case goods mm -hmm. and everybody moved to Vietnam and there was a labor shortage immediately. So if you look at the population, yeah. there's where your problem is. Yeah, you can't up. train all these people. You're bringing in the Chinese to train them. They don't have the raw materials. You have to ship the raw materials from China. My guys just got back from a trip to Vietnam and Cambodia, and they said that they would need to spend $7 million to set up a small factory in Cambodia, and that that was a big risk for them. Oh, well, certainly. Yeah. Certainly. The Khmer um, Rouge might want to take Well, that. it's, uh, you know, the, the Chinese, for better or for worse, it's a well-educated population, uh, and there are a lot of folks. Uh, Cambodia obviously years of mismanagement they just don't have the infrastructure they don't have the number of people walking around and the Khmer Rouge did a very good job of killing off a lot of the <laughs> yeah. a lot of the intelligentsia so yeah. uh, they're still going to be dealing, dealing with some of that so so all, all told how do you think this is going to impact U.S. retailers and manufacturers and distributors moving into 2019, do you think it's going to have a major detrimental impact on consumer cyclical spending? And what's your timeline for it? Well, I use your GDP. I looked it up. <laughs> I knew you'd want to talk about it. GDP, so, C plus I plus G so plus or minus. 20.6 trillion for the United States. This about third like quarter. It's about like that, yeah. Yeah, 20.66. Yeah. This is minuscule compared yeah. to that, so I don't know that it's going to have a lot of effect on a lot of people. However, uh, I hear about Walmart. Yeah. See, China was set up for the masses. Yes. So if the if it goes on all 500 billion, like the iPhones are not included yeah. right now, a lot of things like that are not included. Yeah. If it ends up going on uh, all 500 billion, of course that's Donald Trump's next threat. Yeah then I think you'll see something happen pretty quickly. I gotcha. But the first round, my guess is Xi is going to take a chance and see what happens. Although he's getting a lot of pushback. And I'm sure you noticed Donald Trump came out with an announcement right before the election saying, right. you know, they're working on something. I think that was to help the stock market or whatever. Or the election. Well, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I, I do think that uh, there's a lot of ego involved in this. You know, you were talking about the education. I don't know if you realize this, but I have a supplier who's from Amsterdam, Netherlands. Okay. Yeah. He married a Chinese girl. He has two kids that are five and seven. 
They go to school Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. and they live at the school until then Saturday. There were times when, when my teenagers were, I wish we had that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you mature a lot quicker, but you learn a lot more. They yeah. have to make a speech every week. They speak four languages. And that's that teacher lives in the dormitory with them. It's a really different school system it's, than we have. It's very different. And, you know, uh, there, there's no argument that the China of today is much different than the China when I was when I was coming along. And, uh, I, you know, like you, I, I hope all of this blows over sooner rather than later. We're able to come down to some sort of uh, negotiation or compromise where everyone can save a little bit of face. The president's trying to get some copyright laws passed and what have you, and, and we, can, we can get past this uh, sooner rather than later. And I'm sure, I mean, obviously you want to as well. I think everyone really wants to but, wrap uh, this up. I think my dilemma is that I raise the prices and then, have, and then come back and lower them. So that's... You know, I mean, you're, a good, you're a good businessman. You expanded... When 2008 and 2009, when everyone was shrinking, I think you'll be able to figure this one out as well. Yeah, you, well that's a you lot done more great. scary than this. Well, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would tell you this. You can raise your prices and try to cram them through. If people willing to pay, mm-hmm. there's no reason why you need to cut well, I know you'll pay. Uh, I mean, it's just yeah, big just bucks. Have, I mean, it's just, just write a check. It's just like Scrooge McDuck around <laughs> here. We're just, <laughs> just swimming in gold coins. Uh, with that view, I do want to thank you for your time. We've been very generous. I've told you it's 20 minutes. We're already a little bit over that. Uh, before we close and all that good stuff, I've, uh, I want to ask you one more question. Uh-oh. What is your favorite legitimate Chinese dish? Ooh, I have, sev- I have several. I mean, I'm talking about legitimate. I mean, Sam and I go eat Oriental food. At least once a week. week. At least once a week. Sometimes twice a week. Well, you're not going to. Peking duck is my favorite Main dish. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had something called fried milk. That it's only done in South China. It's like a dessert, but it's unbelievable. I don't. You don't think of the Chinese making good desserts at all. What is what is fried milk? Exactly as the name implies. Don't they gave me the recipe and you could never (laughs) reproduce it because you have to buy all these contents that you can't get here. Well, you get them at the Chinese uh, grocery store. But it's it's a condensed milk. That's this is real simple. Condensed yeah. milk that's frozen. Yeah. And then they fry it, but the texture is pudding-like. And it's it sounds pretty good. I'm gonna try that. It's it's it thing is, Oriental lunch. It is incredible. Uh, you mentioned several. Those are and two. Peking duck. I don't know where you get that. It's it's three separate meals. Yeah. You know, I call it this Chinese taco, which is lettuce. It's a lettuce wrap with the duck chopped up in it. I mean, the delicious. skin is served separately. That's what I've heard. The skin is with, in, uh, with the plum sauce. sauce on, plum sauce on top. Well, and yeah. that's served in a smaller taco. I call it. It's a rice. Uh, yeah, it sounds taco. Sounds wonderful. Sounds it's incredible. Sounds wonderful. Now I will tell you, my new favorite in Chinese food, at least here in Birmingham, and you will remember this. You remember the Jewel Young restaurant from uh, sure. back in the day? Mm-hmm. Their egg rolls. Yeah, the best things that they made, I think. Somehow, the Chop Suey Inn over, at, over on Green Springs Avenue has the exact same egg roll as Joy Young used to have. Wow. This uh, new restaurant, well, it's not new, on Sp- Green Springs where the Kmart was? Oh, yeah, Mr. Chunt. Yeah, that's, that's pretty the good best stuff. I've had here. That's pretty good. Well, we could, I could easily talk about China and Chinese food for the remainder of the day. Bu, thank you for your insights on you. Chinese it. business. 
Uh, as always, thank you for listening. We'd love to hear from our listeners. So if you have any questions or comments, please let us know. You can always send us an email to tradingperspectives at oakworth.com or subscribe to uh, our podcast at any one of your favorite podcast outlet of choice. Leave a review there for us. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, neighbors, loved ones about how awesome Trading Perspectives is. If you don't like what you hear, by all means, tell those people that you don't like how much you liked Trading Perspectives. As, as always, the first person from this uh, this week that send us, sends us an email for, for a suggestion on a future topic gets an awesome Trading Perspectives t-shirt. Sam, uh, what do you think about uh, that, uh, huh? That's pretty good. good. And also be looking for Trading Perspectives bumper stickers in the near future. Finally, if you want to hear more of what we have to say about the markets and the economy, check out our blog, Common Sense, at oakworthapple.com. With that, Sam, say goodbye. See you later. And Bue White, thank you so much for coming in today, sharing your insights on China. And if you, everyone out there, by all means, Summer Classics, go to the website. If you're at one, any, Gabby any, home to it. Gabby home. Gabby. I won't forget Gabby. Uh, 13 uh, retail locations across the United States. If you're in a location that has one, please, by all means, check it out. It's good stuff. So with that, y'all take care.